0: Hi and welcome to your OWEN podcast, Quick and Handy Tips for Veterinarians on the Go. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, OWEN Coordinator. Welcome to a very special Swine Ontario Animal Health Network podcast series on influenza. We'll be joined by many guests offering expertise from around Canada and the US. Dr. Krista Arsenault, Lead Veterinarian from the Animal Health and Welfare Branch at the Ministry of Agriculture, Food and Rural Affairs, um, as well as ex-swine veterinarian and OWEN Swine Network co-lead, will be my uh, co-interviewer for these guests. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website, www.owen.ca, to access the scholarly articles and links featured on the podcast. Welcome. So on behalf of the Ontario Animal Health uh, Swine Network, I would like to... Introduce Dr. Frank Marshall and uh, Dr. Susan uh, Detmer, as well as uh, Dr. Marie Colhane, who are joining us today for uh, a podcast on influenza that we've put together. Uh, Dr. Marie Colhane will also be known to some of our listeners uh, under the name of uh, Dr. Marie Grammer. So, thank you very much to the three of you for joining us today for this podcast. Dr. Frank Marshall, could you please review your background and experience as it pertains to swine veterinary medicine?
1: Sure. So I'm a graduate of uh, Saskatoon, the Western College of Vet Med, 83. I was in general practice for a few years, uh, since 84, in uh, developing expertise and and client base in swine production. I left uh, general practice in the early 90s to pursue exclusively swine and have done nothing other than swine since that uh the last uh 9 years poultry health services has been added to our our uh business here as well um I'm an adjunct professor special instructor at the Vet College in Calgary since 09 um teaching anything swine related uh, I've been involved in international CETA swine projects and I've consulted for um all the major breeding companies out west here and in the US and uh, recently we've just uh, completed our first Western Canadian PERS ARCANY project in uh, three counties in Alberta.
0: That's great news. Thanks for uh, giving us that update on the ARCANY too, uh, Frank. So I'd like to ask uh, Dr. Susan Detmer if you could just please review your background and experience as it pertains to influenza virus for us.
2: So I've been working with influenza for about nine years as a researcher and a pathologist. Uh, Prior to that, my work with influenza was as a practicing veterinarian, and it didn't seem like it was as much of a problem uh, when I started practicing in 2003, but over the last five to ten years, there have been a number of new strains that have developed and and I've been seeing a lot more of it. As I am the one person in the province of Saskatchewan that works with influenza in pigs and so I've been consulting with all of the veterinarians within Western Canada on this subject for the last four years.
0: Great, thank you for that. Uh- So uh, from your perspective, Dr. Marshall, uh, what is being done for influenza diagnostics throughout Western Canada?
1: Well, this last uh, couple of years, we've been really fortunate to have had an ALMA, uh, the Alberta Livestock Meat Agency, funding an SIV surveillance project here out of the Vet College in Saskatoon with uh, Dr. Detmer. Uh, It's really helped our understanding of what's really happening currently in our swine herds in the West. And we've struggled with commercial vaccines and understanding of, of the strains in those uh, vaccines and why we do not seem to get any kind of um, efficacy in, in our herds that are doing this. And uh, so <clears throat> Susan has been able to share the information with uh, Marie from the University of uh, Minnesota to uh, to establish and contribute to the North American database, They're, they've been uh, gene sequencing for us and have been able to establish the family trees uh, to help us understand the inter- or non-relatedness of all these isolates that we've pulled so far. Um, we're realizing that endemic nursery swine influenza is a lot more common than previously thought. You know, Historically, 10 years ago out, out west, we hardly even talked about flu and with the prospect of removal of all uh, antibiotic medication and feeds and such in the future, these things are becoming uh, very critically important for us.
0: I'm going to actually ask uh, Dr. Detmer to comment, what is being done for influenza surveillance and diagnostics throughout Canada, to your knowledge?
2: Well, for right now in Western Canada, we are doing both active and passive surveillance and the passive surveillance is on sick pigs, so either nasal swabs and oral fluids from herds that are having coughing problems, or else um, if they do a necropsy, we do lung samples as well. And if they're positive for influenza, then we uh, do virus isolation and sequencing, and then look. we're trying to see what is moving and what's circulating within our region and compare it to the other regions of Canada as well as the United States. Um, we also do a few active surveillance projects where we do monthly sampling on farms, and those are usually picked around weaning age. And um, we're tracking the viruses and the evolution of those viruses on those farms. Outside of Western Canada, the the very limited information right now. I do, if I have access to isolates, I am sequencing those, but there's very limited numbers of those. Most of my work is in Western Canada.
0: Okay, thank you for that, Dr. Detmer. Dr. Marshall, uh, what is being done for influenza diagnostics throughout Quebec and Eastern Canada? If you could give us an update on that as well.
1: Well, I actually talked to or uh, chatted with uh, Andre Bros uh, from BioVet, and um, they've, they've been a lot more focused on PERS um, uh, genetic sequencing than, than flu. They see the flu cases that they get are actually out of the western part of Canada. And so it's, it is ongoing, and, uh, but their focus has been more towards the PERS side of the, the equation. So I don't know if they're getting exactly what, what uh, we've been able to... To uh, get through Susan Detmer, um, Marie, do you see strains coming out of out of Quebec in your lab?
0: We do, um, but only occasionally, and usually as kind of a summary study. So I, I'm not always privy privy to um, current diagnostics or current results. That's usually a once a year thing, where um, okay. somebody says, "Well, here's all the." viruses we've seen in Quebec for the last year, you know, can you tell me what they look like in regards to what might be circulating in the U.S. or what might be available in commercial vaccine strains? Um, so I don't actually get real-time data, but more summary data, um, and it's and it's few and far between. So I don't have a great sense of what's going on as far as strain diversity
2: in eastern Canada, um, but I know that they have all the tools and and possibilities to do that, and we can um, get that going.
1: When it would be nice to just look at our, our the Canadian entire Canadian industry here from the perspective of what strains are most common, and and uh, their genetic base It would be very valuable to to have a Sue Detmer in each of our provinces here to to lay this out for us.
0: Yeah, yep. It definitely would. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Marshall, could you summarize the top three reasons of why it's important to gain knowledge of influenza surveillance and diagnostics, uh, as well as typing, uh, that is occurring nationally?
1: Well, certainly Canada is a large country geographically. Understanding the strain differences allows us to realize the need for more specific mitigation strategies, uh, therein, Uh, autogenous vaccines uh, by farms and or regions. Uh, geography is significant here and because of the north american industry uh, moving pigs many many miles uh, forgotten the number of the animals that are in transit on a given day in canada here but um, it's it is significant and being able to genotype these strains helps us sort out their origins and uh, our expectations i guess of what what's to happen um Two, from, from Dr. Detmer's work, other than the pandemic H1N1 strain of SIV, our current commercial vaccines are not representative of the, the Western swine herd. And from our understanding now, will not provide cross-protective immunity to mitigate the problems we observe with SIV in our Western Canadian herds. So <clears throat> this pr- perspective of, of uh, generating autogenous vaccines has been our focus. And uh, so far to date, it's, it's been um, a, a positive response. We know that in, in the literature, uh, it's been a hit and miss. But a couple of times, we've actually had situations where we went in with the autogenous vaccine. Things got really quiet in the nursery uh, as a subsequent event. And then something started to smolder again. And lo and behold, when we test again, we found there was Actually, two strains of flu in this nursery. And that has been a, a not an uncommon theme in many of our farms. We've had, uh, even in small herds, 350 sow farms, we've been picking up two strains of, of influenza in these nurseries. So, I guess, thirdly, globally, uh, doing our part in the One Health idea. Furthering the understanding of the human-swine influenza interactions and the zoonotic potentials we've observed historically, um, I think it's, it's critical for, for us to, to pursue these ends.
0: Very interesting. Dr. Detmer, could you summarize the top three reasons of why it's important to gain knowledge of influenza surveillance and diagnostics, as well as typing, that's occurring nationally from your perspective?
2: Well, there have actually been a number of changes of what's been circulating in Canada, both in the western region as well as in the eastern region with Quebec. And this has actually been an interesting new trend where we see some viruses for a few years and then we don't see them. And in order to determine that, we actually need to have a genetic sequence of the virus in order to say it fits in this grouping or it fits in this grouping, because a lot of those groups of viruses don't cross-react, and this is actually a a fairly big issue. We actually see certain types of viruses clustering within a region, uh, quite often within a province, and we don't see them very much outside of those provinces. So, understanding what is in what what viruses are actually circulating in eastern Canada is actually helpful to the, for us in western Canada. So that if we see a new virus, we can actually say, "Oh, well, they actually have seen this before in Ontario," and we can talk to veterinarians in Ontario and experts and say, okay, how did you work with this? What worked as far as treatments, which vaccines worked, how big of a problem did it end up being? And that gives us more of a perspective on what is out there and what we can actually do to help the pigs and to help the producers.
0: Great. Thank you for that. Uh Going forward, Dr. Marshall, what would be your recommendations to both producers and swine veterinarians regarding influenza A testing?
1: Uh, You know, as I said, um, 10 years ago, out west in Canada, we did not even talk about influenza. Um, But what we're finding now is that endemic nursery swine influenza is surprisingly not uncommon. And more often than not, more than one strain can exist in these respiratory complexes. So the, the clinical picture presenting in these nurseries is subtle. Uh, we do not see the noise and, and uh, of the, the whooping-type cough that we'll get in adults. We'll just see a little more sneezing and the odd cough. Uh, but the presentation and warning uh, typically is more starve-out-type mortality, uh, we had a couple farms where secondary meningitis episodes, uh, causing mortality, uh, up to 10, 11% in these nurseries due to meningitis. And so it's, it, I think it's critical that, um, you know, in some of these, these, uh, nurseries that don't perform well, uh, certainly having the ability to test and delineate out the strain specifics here has really helped us. And uh, working with, with their veterinarian to work through these problems and having access to um, situations like Marie has created for us at uh, Vet College in Saskatoon has been extremely helpful. And I just encourage uh, the veterinarians out there to, to get involved and have a look at this because we've got a lot more that uh, we need to do here.
0: Thank you for that comment. Uh, I would like to, uh, on behalf of the Owen Swine Network, uh, thank uh, Dr. Frank Marshall, Dr. Susan Detmer, and Dr. Marie Colhane for joining us today uh, for this Influenza Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter, as well as our website, owen.ca, to access the scholarly articles and links featured on the podcast.